This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Christian Lutz and Corey Munch talk about what it takes to be a godly man. These men share their personal experiences on how they strive for godliness. You're in for a treat. Christian and Corey are being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Cody Marenzer. I want to uh, welcome in here a couple of fine young gentlemen. We've got uh, Christian Lutz and Corey Munch joining us in the in the uh, station here with us today. Um, Christian Lutz and Corey Munch are both on our uh, board of directors. Uh, Christian is the owner of Schmidt Monument Works, and Corey owns Service Master Clean of Hayes. If you guys don't know, their buildings are literally about like 25 feet apart. <laughs> uh, both are married with children and grandchildren. Uh, Christian attends St. Joseph Church in Hayes, and Corey belongs, belongs to uh, St. Nick of Myra here in Hayes. Uh, fellas, it's absolutely amazing to have you in here. Um, I guess that um, we are talking about godly men. So who are they bringing in to talk about this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good morning to you. Good morning. That's how we get us started. No, it, it, I don't think we could have picked better guys to come in. That, that's why I said I consider them friends and I hope they consider the same. But it is great having you guys. I'm going to let you guys just dive right into this. And, uh, you know, if we are talking about godly men, maybe we ought to start there as to, you know, what's meant by that term. Who, who wants to kind of dive in? I'll start. And All right. Cody, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you as our host and our uh, interviewee. Thank you. So honestly, this subject, once Donetta had brought it up to to me anyway, I, I jumped on it right away because of the importance of it. Uh, growing up in a Catholic family, I witnessed my father be a godly man in the family. Unfortunately, uh, as I got older, sometimes I got strayed away from a lot of the things we're going to talk about this morning, but it is so important as we grow through life changes and uh, situations that we consider what God made us to be as a man. And um, honestly, the first thing that comes on my list is to honor our our mother, uh, women in general, with just truthfulness and humility and to see in in the view of an example of the Blessed Virgin what women are in our lives, um, not only as a mother, but as a wife, as a friend, and throughout everything we go through in, in our changes as we grow. Wait a minute. That's not what the culture tells me. I know. Come on. <laughs> That's that's, ex- that's why we're supposed to be godly men because we're set apart from the world. I think that's the main thing that what godly is is to be set apart, and I know that's one of the definitions for holy. So whether you want to say godly or holy, I don't know which is correct, but that's one of the flaws of the the English language and a lot of other languages because they're still alive. They're changing as we want them to change. If you look at Latin, they call it a dead language. So each uh, each word has its own meaning, so that's one of the, the plugs for Latin. Yeah, no, I, I don't know I any Latin, but no, yeah, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> so, I mean, um, 
respect them as daughters of God as, you know, as we're supposed to. And our society is so totally against that. You don't have to watch TV or listen to any media very long, and you'll, you'll see, you know, the, um, oh, I think they try to make man feel inferior nowadays, which is not the way God made us. But that is one thing that, you know, there's a true difference between man and women. God had created us differently. And one of the yeah. things I want to touch on is um, the sensitive sensitivity, where men are more daring. I just heard a, actually on EWTN radio uh, where a man will, if his son comes in and says, you know, hey, Dad, I want to climb that tree, you know, and, you know, the father will say, well, well let's look at that and see how you can get up there. And uh, the mom will say, oh, no, you're going to fall and break your arm. You know, that's a lot of the difference in what we see. You know, uh-huh. um, so I guess the you know the differences are, are plain and and very neat if you look into it as to how we are are created. And, and you're right, and our world is trying to destroy that. Um, and so, as men, we need to recapture that. But yeah, yet, as, as a man, I, I look at a woman in, in labor and bearing a child. I fear that because I wouldn't want that, and that's just such a great pain. And you look at Christ up on the cross, but after that is is done, they forget all that pain. And that's one of the major roles of a woman is to procreate, and that's what man and woman do. <laughs> that's what God wants us, to be fruitful and multiply. That's one of his first commandments that he gave us, be fruitful and multiply. So when we each complement each other, it, it goes together like a puzzle. And when you put the puzzle together with the correct pieces, <laughs> you get the big picture. And the world tries to throw these odd pieces in there. And uh, a woman can be a man now or uh, all the other different genders they come up with. But really, there's only two pieces to that puzzle. They just go have to put them in the right order. So, But you talk about climbing a tree. Yeah, we're daring. but And we, you know, tolerance of pain and things like that but are different. But man, I look at it, when my wife was in labor for 36 hours, oh my, <laughs> they, have, they have, you know, we have nothing on them in, in certain aspects. So, yep. uh, Christian, my wife would <laughs> applaud you for that statement because she brings that up to me all the time <laughs> about her being in labor and you don't have any idea what we go through for these children. Uh, anyway. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and really? once we start realizing things like that as a, as a man, we, we, understand it more i guess uh, the our role as yes. a man and uh, and let's talk about um is there a difference between i think we probably know the answer to this but maybe let's let's talk about some of the distinctions between the difference between internal holiness and external holiness what what do you fellows have to say about that well i think with the external first uh is the piety that uh we live our everyday lives with what we show on the outside and I think a lot of that comes from our internal holiness, what, what we're thinking inside. If, if we react to something or if we respond to it, what's going on in our head when someone says something we don't like or disagree? Uh, am I getting infuriated inside? Can I control that? Uh, if uh, I'm humiliated, can I control that? Anger, I think, is a, is a big one that I've had over the years and had certain circumstances where I didn't allow my internal holiness to 
it, it wasn't there. And so my <laughs> external unholiness was let out. And it, it comes through discipline of the mind, uh, prayer, meditation, things like that. And I don't – if we see our father or other men uh, react in a certain way, then that might be the way we're going to react. I, I've watched uh, – Cody has uh, some fine young men, and I see how he gives them circumstances to be holy, to work, uh, pray, and things like that. He can tell him to them to do this or do that, but they might not do that. But he has to give them circumstances and situations that they have opportunities to be holy. And God will give that to us if we ask for it, first of all. We get little moments, or I do that come to us uh, unscripted. We don't plan them, but they change our interiorness. Interiorness. I don't know how you say that word, but yeah. Our, <laughs> our, uh, the, I had one the other night, and it's what I think helps me with uh, internal holiness. Is I was preparing this flat iron steak that I just bought, and you know the prices of steaks are just out through the roof right now and I, I splurged on a flat iron steak and I was taking it out of the wrapper and and had blood on my hands and it was you know starting to get all over and then all of a sudden my alarm for the Angelus went off at 6 p.m. and I'm like oh man I want to get to the steak but I, I stopped and I looked at Mary and I started praying the Angelus and as I was praying the Angelus I usually closed my eyes but I looked down at my hands and I had blood on my hands and I thought, oh, man, and I thought, me, I'm worried about a, a steak. And I thought about Mary at the foot of the cross with blood on her hands, her own son's blood uh, from helping him get up from maybe when he fell. And that's what we have to think about. Those moments have to come to us unplanned, and they will really turn your soul upside down mm-hmm. and just bring the holiness to you and so hopefully that holiness will start coming externally uh, to you so that's my explanation of internal and external holiness I like it for me I'm going to look at it a little different angle uh, just through my own experience internally the process was to be a holy godly man was happening but externally it was not because I was worried about what other people would think I wasn't bold enough or strong enough to show it, although a lot of times I was fighting uh, the battle inside my internal self about how to do that. But as Christian mentioned, it was through prayer and meditation throughout my life and listening to godly men talk and at church, listening to the, the stories of the saints that started to give me the boldness, basically the Holy Spirit as I think about the apostles and really during this time as they were shut up in a room, they were with the Son of God for three years. But yet after his crucifixion, which threw their world in turmoil, they were not quite ready to go out and be bold. Internally they were ready, externally they were not because the Holy Spirit hadn't descended upon them. So I look at that a lot as young men grow up and um, with proper um, upbringing and and, uh, that's why I think it's so important for dads and moms to 
to talk about that um, and to give them the the tools, really through our faith, um, at, and uh, to get them to grow spiritually so they can be strong spiritually, internally and externally. Yeah. Wow. My goodness. We have so much to get to. Oh. Yeah. Um, why is it important for our family, for the church, for society? Um, why is it important for us to live um, and be godly men within the, that realm? Well, um, for the family, uh, very, very important because you're bringing these young men and, and young girls up into a society that is going to be against everything that the church stands for, typically. And um, it doesn't take long to hook into a media, like we talked earlier, the culture, and find out what exactly they're trying to promote as opposed to what me as a, as a father, um, as, a, as a member of the church, are trying to promote. So it's important to start at home. And then church is, is be involved, have our kids be involved. Cody, I, I am just so, uh, I want to say proud, but so tickled when I see your boys up there. Um, you have, you know, all of them involved, and that is so cool. You know, my boys were also involved when they were, you know, young age, and I just think that's what it need, what you need. Plant that seed into the family at church, and to see, be an example to our our children, and then, um, you know, as we as we change and and uh, they grow, they may not follow right away, but uh, you know, it's important that they had that example. So, I think to answer that question, why is it important uh, our faith to be godly men? Uh, and to the family is that God creates and if we're we become holier we can create things and if we're ungodly then we will destroy things and just have to look outside too far to find out what they're doing in the society our culture they're destroying what all these good men and women brought up in this world what it took to create what we have and uh, a better life in a lot of circumstances, not all. The ungodly wants to tear that down because Satan behind all the ungodly doesn't want that. He wants everything destroyed. So I think that's why we need good holy families and, and men. Why has maybe the understanding of a holy man changed within the present church and the church of the past? Uh, you know, that's kind of a one of those questions as we look as the church maybe develops um you know that's that's one of those things when we look and see um what do you guys think about that is that something that has changed is that just a perception what do you guys think <laughs> i like father fred this morning he was talking about being nice and it's nice to be nice because it's nice to be nice and uh i think that started a long time ago that that's a virtue of nice and so i don't remember who it was that coined the the term the church of nice and i think there's a lot of that going around uh the church of nice instead of virtues and and holiness uh, what changed it i think the lack of our understanding of the supernatural when we started realizing that material things are over uh and beyond the supernatural uh Men died for the faith back when Christ was 
after he died, uh, they, the apostles, they died for the faith, and saints have. And they didn't do it because they lost their stake or dropped it on the floor or something like that. <laughs> you know, they did it because he was God, and, and they believed that, and they saw miracles and the supernatural happen. So uh, that has changed over the, the years. And I think a lot of it has to do with Protestantism. And not Protestants are bad. No, it's Satan got into the minds of the Protestant people, and they became uh, complacent with their idea of Christ and not what Christ told them to be. What do you think, Corey? What I see is um, I think the church had gotten soft on um, teachings and um, at least when I think about my upbringing. Um, but again, I have to put the responsibility on parents and also on myself okay. uh, growing up. I mean, I grew I went to a Catholic school, went to a uh, Catholic grade school, went to um, Catholic church all the time. And, and I've said this before when, when I've gone, done these interviews, these talks, is that the responsibility needs to be on me. Am I going to look into what my faith stands for, what the church stands for. And, oh, my goodness, I tell you, it has opened my eyes so wide. Um, for a long time in my transformation, I we didn't have Catholic radio. Mm -hmm. I was not inspired to look into the lives of the saints. I was not inspired to look in why we have the sacraments at church and what they mean. And, and even though it was taught to me probably in grade school, I didn't take a hold of it. But I think what I see happening now, and I'm, I'm glad to see it is, and maybe it's because I see more now, is that I see the churches uh, opening up some of those uh, with the media, with the radio, with uh, EWTN, oh my goodness. Uh, it's it's incredible of what we have at our fingertips to meditate on, to pray about, and uh, just listening to the Hallow app is one of my favorite apps. Listening to one of the miracles by Padre Pio, um, amazing story, and they have one each day. Uh, yeah. Miracles in the church. Um, I know we have the uh, display of uh, Eucharistic miracles. Never, ever thought about looking into that. And yeah. that's, that's our faith, our Eucharistic miracles. I mean, you know, when you, we receive every, every time we go to Mass. So um, I could go on and on about that, but um, it's just I see the church opening up. I, I do see a lot of good coming our way. Uh, we just have to take it uh, and take it to be real. Yeah. Uh, but, Corey, we, we've had books and saints and stories and grandparents all these generations. How come, how come we didn't pick it up then? What, what's the turning point now? I think the turning point for me, I mean, and I have, I mean, we have, we have media. We, there's a lot of things out there that was never out there before in, in Catholic media. Never. I mean, you know, Fulton Sheen had his program way back in the 60s, I believe. But that was a little before my time as far as watching TV. Yeah. But after that, uh, I remember talking to Donetta about this. You know, we had nothing to as far as talking about the Catholic Church. And, uh, you know, I listened to a lot of Christian programs, and they were good. But they didn't, ta they didn't teach me about the Catholic faith. And, yeah. Um, you're right, Christian. We do have the books out there, but it was that, um, I don't know, that desire 
to dive into it, and I think that's the key. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll say all day long that you know, I am, I'm, I'm, I am awed by what we have as a Catholic at our disposal. uh, Is that we get, you know, with the sacraments, especially confession. Oh my goodness, confession has never been as big of a sacrament to me than it had, you know, lately. Um, You know, and I know I hear. Father Damien, I hear a lot. In fact, we were in uh, Austin, Texas area uh, over the weekend and Divine Mercy Sunday there, and they, the homily was on confession and receiving that Divine Mercy. So I'm, I'm hopeful, um, you know, that uh, that the church present is, is going that way. Yeah, there's a lot of defactors yeah. that I'm saying. But I, I'm hopeful. So yeah, you know, just from an outside perspective, um, since I am a convert, you know, and, and I'm younger, um, one of the things I, I can say that I've heard is from the generation before me, I've been told that there was a lot of bad catechesis or just no catechesis. Um, that's just saying what I've been told. Um, and so, what I can say also as a Catholic school teacher is um, my calling and my job is to catechize young children, young adults in the Catholic faith, but I'm supposed to be the secondary catechist. Absolutely. Parents are supposed to be the primary. Um, that also goes for me and my own children too. Just because they go to Catholic schools doesn't mean that I can, and, and just because I'm a Catholic educator doesn't mean that I can, that doesn't give me an out for my own children too. That doesn't mean that at home I I can just not teach my kids prayers doesn't mean that I can just not talk to them about, about the Bible and things like that. You know, it's like, it has to start at home. If it doesn't start at home, and I, you know, this, I, I see this in the classroom a lot. I see it all the time that um, I am just a talking head to the kids that aren't getting it at home. If they're not getting it at home, then it doesn't matter what I'm standing up to. You know, the, the kids, they're just going to look at me and be like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, <laughs> like, and I'm guilty of that. What's it going to matter? <laughs> we decided that the schools have to teach our kids. The catechists, you know, have yeah. to, to teach the kids. And you're right. The, the parents are supposed to be the primary uh, teacher. But if we weren't, if we don't know our faith, then how are we supposed to teach it to them? And I think that yeah. was by design uh, from Satan that we weren't taught that. Yeah. And so I, I think I'm, I'm hopeful that that's one thing I do. That is one thing that I do have to say about some of the um, younger generation now is I do see a hunger of truth in some of them. Is like a lot of them are tired of the spoon-fed junk that mm-hmm. society is giving them, and they're like, they're hungry for truth. And they're like, give it mm-hmm. to me. And some of the young adults are starting to get that too. Some of the younger. And they're, they, so they want some of the catechesis, and they're wanting that. And so I agree, there's a lot of stuff out there, but, but that's what we have to do is we, st- we have to start hungering for the faith. We have to start giving it to our children, and we have to start passing it on. Absolutely. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with more from Christian Lutz and Corey Munch on what it takes to be a godly man. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. One body. 
Christian Lutz and Corey Munch. Godly man. Cody Marincer conducts the interview. We are on with Christian and Corey, and we are talking about godly men, what it takes, what uh, what goes wrong, how things have changed in our society. And uh, I think we kind of want to get uh, back to it. We've talked a little bit about it, um, but also um, you, you guys are husbands, your sons, your fathers, grandfathers. Um, all of that kind of culminates into... Um, with being all those and being members of uh, Catholic parishes, what is at risk if we don't, if we're not taught to be godly men, if we don't pass that on, then what, what's, what's the end game? What happens? We die and go to hell. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, we're on here for the truth, folks. You are getting it. You know, sometimes it doesn't get passed on. That is the truth. It is. I, you know, we die with mortal sin. We're going to go to hell. Yes, the Lord gives us mercy, but we have to ask for it. And if we don't ask for mercy, if we complacency is one of the things we don't ask for mercy. We're we think we're just fine. Everything's fine. We're complacent. Uh, we don't want to improve ourselves. And and another thing that is our attachments that keeps us from being uh, godly. They they our attachments will bring us straight to hell as well. We have to be able to give up those things and and always remember that it's not about us. This is the hardest thing for me to realize. It's not about me. It's about Jesus when we go to mass and. Uh, that's what God, he created us for him, to give him glory. Uh, and, and that's, once I realized that, it, it changed a lot of my perspective on, on things. It, so that's, we need to give it up for him. Man, what's at risk? Christian said it. Uh, you know, one day we're going to meet our maker. And I think of this so much, especially in the last 15, 20 years, uh, when my transformation started, when I started to think about end of life and you know what I what I have done and what I have failed to do and um, you know we, we look at that it's a sobering thought uh, we all have been to funerals where we have lost family and friends and you know your your thought I, and that's one of the things the beauty of it is you know we are going to be in that spot one day nobody gets out of that and I have a t-shirt that says and I wrote it myself and it says eternity where will you be what's at risk heaven or hell mm -hmm. and I mean I know that's pretty brash but it's the truth and um, you know it's like the signs on the interstate you know yeah you know where will you be so what's at risk is a lot we have a very very forgiving Lord but you know one of the things he asks for is humility and that's probably one of the hardest things as a man to to get to, you know, um, at least speaking from my own experience. And um, we've all had to apologize for something. At least I feel, I feel like there comes a time when you have to apologize for something that, that uh, you feel like you weren't in the wrong. But yet you I'm thinking of a lot of life situations in my own life where I've had to apologize for something that I didn't mean to do and they just took it differently, said something. Yeah. 
that's all about humility, doing things for somebody. Maybe you don't like that person. As a man, you have to stand up and, and uh, understand what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Um, that perfect example. And um, so what's at risk is a lot. Um, and it's, some, it, it, it's worth looking at that question if we don't stand up and be godly man, what Christ exemplified for us throughout his life and, of course, the passion and the cross. Yep. I think you stated it perfectly because if, if at the end of our life we look back, you know, here a couple of years ago, that whole YOLO statement was going around. There's actually like a good way. I used to hate it. I mean, I still kind of do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess there's a good way to look at it, but mostly the bad way. The bad way is basically do whatever you want because you only live once. Um, mm-hmm. I guess there could be a good way if, if you're looking at it. You only live once. You better do it right. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if you, if you make it to the end of your life and you look back and you go, wow, is that really all I accomplished was a whole bunch of just momentary gratifications and that's it? I don't think any of us really wants to be standing at death's doorstep going, wow, I really didn't help anybody but myself. And you so, really need to look at what's important in your life. I mean, I know that changes as you get older. But, you know, I know you've heard it said, you know, nobody that's on their deathbed worries about how much money they made. Yeah. You know, it's a good question. It's what impact have I made for Christ and what, re- what kind of are my relationships with my, my friends, my children? That's what's important. And, of course, the end game is, you know, how have I honored God in everything I've done? Yeah. But Cody, if we live... If we teach ourselves and our kids that if we love Christ with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, we can do whatever we want. Because if you love Him that much, mm-hmm. you're not going to want to do bad things. Yeah. You're not going to want. You're going to want to do the right thing. So, yeah, I, I remember when my daughter always used to write the YOLO everywhere, and and uh, she said, "Well, you don't even know what that means." And oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully you were taking it the right way. <laughs> Anytime we think about anything and and, and all the uh, transgressions done against us, and, and you know, Corey, as you pointed out, them as men and as you said that sometimes when we've had to apologize for something where we think that maybe we're in the right and then we're like man mm. i'm gonna have to suck up my pride in this moment and that you're right you are so right that is so hard to do pride is one of the most difficult things to just swallow that old pill is a big old pill to have to swallow <laughs> it like, is oh, gone it that's a horse pill <laughs> Um, and uh, kind of get into uh, maybe a little bit of a sticky question here. Um, are more and more women trying to play the role of holy men? And if so, why? Ooh, this is a good one. <laughs> what do you guys have to say? <laughs> I'm an, who was it? Father Larry Richard says, I'm an o- equal opportunity offender. Uh, <laughs> that's what the truth does. Yeah, you got to tiptoe through that one nowadays. Uh, the women of today have been so Americanized that there was an interview with Marjorie. She's a representative of uh, Georgia. And she's, she was asked, what were your dreams when you were growing up? What, what did you want to do? And she says, I wanted to be a mom. What, what better thing would there be? Mm. <laughs> and now she's a congressperson uh, for Georgia, a great woman. They're called for greatness as well. Women do such a wonderful job in, in anything they want to do. But 
I think that their role would be with raising children that way. So instead of them being in a high career position, why not grow a bunch of kids and rear a bunch of kids to be, you know, have five or six, seven kids to, to do that role in their place because the woman's mind will influence them while she's teaching them at home instead of letting our public schools teach them all this crap that they're teaching them. And our Catholic schools are doing a good job, uh, most of them, maybe not even most of them, some of them are. So we, we got to be careful. We, the woman has to know her role, the man has to know his role. And so many of the men are just turned around and and being the home sitters and, and uh, sitting at home doing nothing, collecting that check and, and being uh, very feminine because pleasure will will trump a lot of things. Uh, do you want to get off the couch and go do this or do you want to play that video game? And uh, that's a big role. I don't want to go to church. That's that's women's thing. They're supposed to be the ones praying. Women are supposed to be praying the rosary. Well, I tell you what, this morning at St. Joe's, there was four men leading the rosary. So uh, if you got women, thank you for doing that when stepping in. And there's times in the Bible where who was it? The woman that stepped in and crushed the head and stabbed the, I can't remember the names, stabbed the stake through his head. and, and uh, oh, a the, couple. The, pets, the, the tent peg. <laughs> yeah, and there, there was another case where the woman stepped in and crushed the guy's head. And, and it's just, women are there to back us up, but men need to start standing up. Corey, what do you say? Yeah, so. If this, you haven't noticed, I'm not a linear thinker. <laughs> um, for me, the, uh, I guess the thought of frustration comes to mind as we see so many in our society, so many women being the heads of the family now because of the husband has has left. And it just turns my stomach when I, when I hear stories about that for whatever reason. And I know there's a lot of different reasons, but when you see a mom raising several children on her own, um, mm-hmm. my hat goes off to them. Yeah. But, um, you know, and they have to not only wear the hat of being the, the spiritual leader in the family, but also, you know, being also the, the person that has to get the kids to go. And so my respect is for them and that my frustration is that uh, sometimes, you know, they don't step up and, and make the children go to mass and, and children go to church or, you know, just let things slide because maybe they're so busy. So I guess that, that that's just kind of what came to thought when I read that question. You know, but we have such a beautiful uh, example in the Blessed Mother. As, you know, after Joseph passed, she, ra- she helped raise Jesus, and uh, Jesus obviously took care of her then from that point on. Our Blessed Mother is there to help us in everything, and um, she just she's there waiting for us to intercede for us in all of our trials and troubles, and I, just, I guess I can't think of a better example than the Blessed Mother in that, that yeah. area. So. That's why at the wedding feast of Cana, Mary says, Jesus, you got to do something. You're 30 years old. Come on. It's time. It's time. <laughs> He said, Mom, my time's not ready yet. Yeah. I, I think the big thing here that people have to, understand, uh, have to understand is God's not misogynistic. The church is not misogynistic. God made us with equal dig- dignity but different roles. And, and that's the problem is that people get it wrong. Is They, they automatically think that different roles means different dignity. And that's just so wrong. And if we would understand that our roles are supposed to complement one another, 
and that they do and they're they're amazing that they're awesome and that they're wonderful um but I, but i see this also um and and, and, and it's it, it's it's sad it's so sad to see that when a man takes over a woman's role or a woman takes over a man's role that things do not go well um and, and yeah and very much so that um there's so very often when when men are sitting at home and yeah you very often you're like no no that's that whole spiritual thing now that that's what the that's what the ladies do let the ladies do it and like no <laughs> no <laughs> you have to stand up and be the man that god created you to be you need to lead your family that's that's what god created you to do is to lead your family and so stand up and do it all right um let us move on here we have just a little bit of time left and i i, I want to get you guys uh, continue to get you guys going because we've got uh, so much so much left to talk about uh, but um who are some examples that we can learn from? You guys have probably had plenty on your own, but um, who are some we can learn from or um, where in our lives can we find how to become godly men? What do you guys have? I think, you know, we don't have to look too far. For me, obviously, I talked about it earlier. My dad was a godly man who exemplified the role of, of, a, of a man who, who uh, provided and made sure that his, his family went to church and— um, um, you know, just that that for me probably was a rock of an example as I grew up. But also, you know, we can look at a lot of right now um, what's going on, you know, with a lot of our um, church leaders. Yes, there are some bad examples, but then I think we, we don't have to look too far. I mean, I'm just looking at our, uh, our church, uh, our priests um, at church. I think, you know, there's good examples there. And obviously, I told you earlier, I look at the examples of um, the the saints all the time. The you know the 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 men. Um, Joseph Saint Joseph has been he's yeah. my patron saint, and he is no, a number one um, example uh, for me as I think about and meditate about my situations, and I take it to him, and I pray and ask for his help. I want to give you a quick example. That's something that I would have never seen myself do, um, and this just happened, and it's a miracle. It's it's a beautiful example. I had a a brother-in-law who was struggling with a lot of different things, not only his health, but also his faith. And uh, we were together one time, and I had, this had been a course over probably 15, 20 years, I had tried to evangelized to him in the faith and um, he pretty much rebuked me all the way and he got to a point where uh, he was he had gotten the diagnosis that he wasn't going to live very long and I didn't know this and we, we were together privately and he told me about it and I don't know what came over me but it was it was Holy Spirit inspired and I grabbed him by the shoulders and I said it's time you get to church it's time you embrace Jesus. And uh, I told him to go to confession. You know, he was taken aback a while, and he told me the story later, and this is the part that I wanted to get to. He said it was on a Saturday, and he was, he had, he said my voice kept coming back to his ears about going to confession, and he hadn't been for over 40 years. And uh, he said he's, Saturday afternoon, they were having confession in, they, uh, in church. He took off about two and a half hours early, and he started down the road, and he turned around and went back. He said, no, I can't do it. 
and went back into pulled back into his driveway sat there for a while and he kept saying he kept hearing my voice and he said well i'm gonna do it for corey and uh so he ended up going there he went to confession and uh he told the priest he told me he told the priest he said um when he's when father said you know what are your sins and he goes father there's not enough time he said i haven't been to confession in 40 years and father told him just to go ahead and go with the ones that are fresh <laughs> uh, my point is um from that point on that that young man has his health has gotten better he said when he left confession he said a, le- a weight was lifted off of his shoulders and he uh, we we stay in contact all the time now and you will not believe how this man has become a rosary prayer um leader uh a leader in his family and it's just it's just and it wasn't me that did it it was the holy spirit it was just but as a man we're called to do that i guess is my point but we get to see miracles like that and so that you know that is what a godly man should do and be how come you had goosebumps cody you saw that (laughs) i did man he i know he started talking about that and all of a sudden It's amazing what the Lord can do with us. Uh, Amen. Uh, I, the faith of our fathers, and that can be taken a couple different ways. My father was a, a very holy man. Uh, I didn't see it I, when I was growing up because it was discipline, uh, punishment that he was given out. Uh, we had to do certain things. Uh, we had to go to church on Saturday or on Sunday. And you, you know, my, my dad never <laughs> missed mass. Uh, you know, I remember why I had to get a dispensation one time when I went to scout camp out uh, because it was over the weekend and we weren't able to get to mass. That he made us get the dispensation. So I look back at that and and I can remember telling him thank you for uh, raising me that way. It took me a long time to realize that, and I think the world looks at that like you know, always oh, overbearing, authoritarian. But if it's done in the right way, and it, my dad was not perfect, nor was am I perfect or any man uh, besides Jesus, but God works through that. And uh, I've had three of my kids come up and thank me for the way they were raised. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the Lord in my life the way I wished I would have. I wished I would have loved him sooner so I could have loved him longer. I, I just like that saying. So there's a lot of men out there. We, we have to look for them, and hopefully we have our fathers to look at. And that's why they're trying to take down the, the family. Uh, Satan's attacking the family, so we don't have anybody to look at. But we yeah. always have the books and the saints to read, and uh, YouTube does a great job. One of the few things they do great. You can, <laughs> you can find a lot of good Catholic uh, saint stories on, online on YouTube and things. So. And I think both of you hit it. Um, You're exactly right. Um, You know, one of the things with our kids, they will not admit it, but kids like structure. Kids actually like discipline. I mean, they will not admit it, but they, they, they literally do. What you're talking about, Willis? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you give a kid structure, you give a kid discipline. You know, I've even had kids challenge me in my classroom. Well, well you discipline your kids too much. They're going to be the kids that grow up and they, you know, they just go crazy in college. And I'm like, well, look at the kids who have no discipline. What do you think they do? I'm like, how about I discipline my kids? And yeah, they have free will. They 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 can go make their choices when they get to college. And the, but I'm at least gonna try. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and 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 that's just the thing is, 
kids need it. And down, down at a deep level, they desire it. And so I think you're right. Look around and look for those people who are trying. And you're right. None of us are perfect, but we need those examples. And you're exactly right when you say Satan's out there. He wants to tear down the man. He wants to tear down the family. So there's nothing left to look at. And if we have nothing left to look at, well, then we have no examples. So there's laws trying to be passed in states, California, New Jersey, that's allowing 12 year olds to make all decisions at school, medical and things like that. I mean, look into that. That's scary. That is scary. Well, gentlemen, thank you. I know we're out of time. Once again, it's been it's been a pleasure. What's that? I think we ought to say Hail Mary and thank uh, Mary and Jesus for what they did. That would be wonderful. I appreciate it. It's always good to put ourselves in the hands of our mother. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Thank you, Cody. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you own a service or a business, or if you're an individual who would just like to underwrite this One Body show, please know that your spot can run three times during this show, which runs five times a week. Interested? Call 785 621 4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio 105.7 KMDG Hayes, 101.7 KJDM Lindsborg Salina, 88.1 KRTT Great Band, and 88.1 KVDM Hayes. If today you hear his voice, pardon not your hearts.